as you take up your seats. The glory of God. Yeah, praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Matthew, I'm also welcome to today's discipleship class. Amen. I don't know whether you can hear me from wherever you are. Hallelujah. So how many of us have carried their Bibles? Amen. How about a notebook? How about a pen? Amen. How many of us are going to record in the head? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah. So we must not take some of these things serious. Yeah. So some of, some of you came in late. We had an evaluation on our previous topics. And we have had made sure with us what they learned, their experiences from topics in the voice of God, the love of God, the Holy Spirit, and men have been blessed by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let's applaud the Holy Spirit for that. Yeah, praise the Lord. So we had our meetings here and we heard from each of us that was present at that time. Some men shared with us how they learned the love of God. The whole love, some land over the voice of the spirit, and just because of us came in late, we didn't have an opportunity to hear from you. Amen. Yeah, but God has been faithful, and then you know every man has a testimony to the glory of God. Amen. Yeah, so last week we had a topic it was called the Holy Spirit. And tonight we have a wonderful topic called Bible interpretation, what? Application, what? Scripture. Hallelujah. How many of us are here? You, know, you, you read your Bible, you understand it personally. When you're studying it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Eh? Yeah, and you can study the Word of God personally and you get an understanding of it. Amen. How many of us only understand when we are told of a certain man? For example, when you go to church and then somebody teaches you the Word of God. Hallelujah. And that's when you come to understand the word as you are being taught. Amen. I can see the melody. Yes, I just How many of us completely don't understand when we are taught, even when we sit under a man, even when we read of ourselves, and you don't completely grasp it? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, so tonight, that's our topic. And I know the Lord is going to do us good. He's going to bless us. Hallelujah. Yes, today we don't have a projector, but we are going to use our phones and our Bibles. Amen. Yeah, so let's get to a second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. Second Timothy 3, verse 16. That's where we are. Yeah, so the Bible says that for all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And the Bible says it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped, furnished for every good works. Amen. And also when we get to, to, to Romans chapter 15 verse 1, Romans 15 verse 4, I want us to share something small here. Romans 15 verse 4. 
He tells us that whatsoever things were written before our time were written for our learning that we through patience and the comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Yeah, now you remember in, in, in the book of Timothy 3.16 is saying that for all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Spirit. You know, every Christian in this place, you must first understand that when you sit to read the Word of God, when you sit under the message of the Word of God, firstly, you must understand that it is the voice of God Himself. Glory to God. When you sit under the Word of God, begin by knowing that it is God Himself speaking to you. Now, the Word of God is not just like any other novel. It is not just like any other print out. You don't read the Word of God like a newspaper. When you read the Word of God, you must read the Word of God with a conscience that it is the voice of God speaking to you. Glory to God. Amen. Because before you begin to understand the scriptures, or before you begin to understand the Word of God, it must first be established in your spirit that this word I'm reading was given by God Himself through the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. They are that God believe that this is the word of God. They don't believe that the Bible was written by the inspiration of the Spirit. But at some point when they tell us that you know what, all scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if you have questions on who wrote the Bible, let's get to the book of uh, uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 21. So you must read someone up with a notebook because you can you can get one and every person is standing. Second Peter, Second Peter chapter two, chapter one, verse twenty-one. Second Peter one twenty-one. So listen, what he says at four. At least at verse twenty says, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Hallelujah. There is no scripture in the Bible that is interpreted out of a man's personal conviction. All scripture is interpreted by the Spirit of God. The Bible says that for no scripture is of any private interpretation. The continuous says that for the prophets of this scripture came not in all time by the will of man, but only men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Amen. And these things that were spoken were written. Hallelujah. So all men that wrote, all men that wrote these scriptures, every man that participated in the writing up of this Bible was led of the Holy Spirit. That is the very first reconciliation you must have as a, as a Christian in salvation. That the scriptures are facing Oh, the word of God I'm reading was given to me by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us to get a brief to the book of uh, John chapter 5, verse 39 47. John, John chapter 5, verse 47. Yeah. First of all, reconciliation of this. 539 to 30, yeah. 
Now listen to what he says. He says that for search the scriptures. Tell somebody, search the scriptures. Yeah, you know, uh, God expects you to sit personally and search the scriptures and search the word of God. He says, search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. Hallelujah. We are talking about the essence of scripture. Why do we study the scriptures of God? The Bible says they testify of Jesus. They testify of God. They show us who Jesus is and they show us who God is. So when you want to understand God more, God expects you to search and launch them in the what? In the scriptures. Hallelujah. Let's, let's continue here. Uh, in the book of uh, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 29. Matthew 22 verse 29. That's the first time of this reconciliation here. 22 verse 29. He says that for Jesus answered and said unto them, For you do ill, not knowing the scriptures. Glory to God. So, it is the scriptures of God that gives that, that, that give you the ability and the power to overcome errors. Hallelujah. There are some men that work in errors because they don't know the scriptures. It is your individual responsibility to search out the scriptures. There is a place God invites you to, to search out the scriptures personally. Hallelujah. So many of us today can walk up in the morning and be sat under the word of God for 15 minutes. Personally. Amen. The personal experience. At least 15 minutes. Hallelujah. You know, you know, many Christians have many questions about many things. But the cause of all that is because some have never taken time to sit down and to search the scriptures. Hallelujah. So you, you have questions about faith, but have you sat down to search some scriptures about faith? Glory to God. You have some questions about love. Have you sat down personally to search in the scriptures what God has spoken concerning love? Hallelujah. You have questions about self-marriage. Have you sat down personally to search the scriptures about marriage? God expects you to search, to study. Glory to God. Amen. Yeah, let me, let me show you some more scriptures here before we study. Uh, first, 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 uh, a second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15. Second Timothy 2 15. Second Timothy 2 15. 2 15 is where we are. So the scripture says that for study, thirty ever study. <laughs> Glory to God. Eh? Yeah, so how do I understand the word of God? He tells me to study. All these men God their voice is talking about to search the scriptures. The Bible says they study. Amen. Have you had them to study the word of God to understand circumcision? Have you had your personal time to study the word of God to understand uh, the blood of Jesus? If you don't study the word of God, you are subject to, this, to deception. Itself is the subject to deception. He tells you to study, to show yourself approved. The Bible says that for a workman that needs not be ashamed, 
rightly divided the word of truth. How does that come about? Through study. Now, the Holy Spirit has the power and the ability to teach you anything. Hallelujah. God can teach you by revelation. God calls the Holy Spirit a teacher. The Holy Spirit has an office of a teacher in your life. But this office can only be activated when you give yourself a study. Hallelujah. Because God is going to teach you through His Word. The Spirit of God will give you a revelation in the Word of God. And that which the Holy Spirit has spoken to you can be reconciled in the Word of God. You have said it. Glory to God. Amen. You know, all of us admire Apostle Paul and his letters. But I want to show you something small about Paul the Apostle and Timothy. Let's get to uh, still the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verse 13. <coughs> Second Timothy 4, 13, it's where we are. <clears throat> now listen. First of all, he says, and, 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 and take us, have I sent Ephesus, the cloth that I left at Shoah's will us. When you come, bring with you and the books, but especially the parchments. Now, why did the Apostle Paul have the books? Josh, why did the Apostle Paul have the books? They were both studied. Hallelujah. This man, Paul the Apostle, was always studying the word of God. Hallelujah. Actually, before Apostle Paul became born again, he was a teacher of the law. And these teachers of the law had an abundance of the scriptures. That's why in the invitations of the Spirit, it was easy for God to call Paul the Apostle into ministry. Praise the Lord. The revelation that Apostle Paul received concerning the gospel of Jesus Christ came to him on the other hand because he had the abundance of scripture in him. Hallelujah. You know, you could be here and ask, how does our colleagues understand the word of God? How does Elisha understand the word of God? But there is a place the spirit of God will teach you because you are yielded to the scriptures themselves. Glory to God, amen. If you don't have the abundance of the scriptures in your spirit or in your life, you'll make it too hard for the teaching office of the Holy Spirit to operate in your life. Glory to God. That's why he tells you to study. Still, when Paul the Apostle was with Timothy, in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. I don't know about the essence of the scriptures first. First Timothy 4 13. Now listen to verse 2 13 says that for till I come, give attendance to reading. <laughs> Glory to God, amen. You know, some of us are lazy to read the word of God. If I would ask you that how many of us opened our Bibles to read the word of God, there are few. Hallelujah. But there is a dimension of understanding you and Lord because you are reading what the apostle Timothy till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Three things. Glory to God. Yeah. So you could be here and you struggle to operate in the word of God because you don't read it only. Amen. One of the Christian disciplines is to learn to read the word of God for yourself. 
to search the scriptures. Hallelujah. So if you be a government question, and you know what I wish I can meet any papa, and I ask him these questions. But if you sat down and studied the word of God, you cannot answer us. Amen. Because there are men that don't have answers because they have not taken time to study the word of God. Hallelujah. Now look at uh, this other verse, the book of First uh, Peter chapter 1 and verse 11. First Peter 1 and 11. That's where we are. First Peter 1 11. Look, the Bible says, verse 10, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. This means searched. But how did they search? They searched through reading the books. And the Bible says that for who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time. Hallelujah. So, how many of us have taken them to search in the scriptures concerning the matter? <laughs> Glory to God. Or you have questions about the grace of God. You have questions about the law of Moses. How many of us have taken them to search? To search, to take a personal search and study to understand those things. Uh, many Christians wait for maybe say, uh, a question and answer session. And then they ask the simplest questions. <laughs> Glory to God. Eh? But you know, some of those questions, if you search under the word of God, you receive the answers towards them. Glory to God. Amen. Yet yeah, some of this time to study the word of God. Amen. Yeah, it's even a very scattered. But you know, learn to study the word of God personally. Hallelujah. Now let's let's get back to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. Where we were. Now not 2 Timothy, it's uh, Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Yeah, Romans 15, verse 4. Yeah, he says that whatsoever things were written for our time were written for our learning. Now, Timothy was told that for all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Spirit, it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, instruction, and correction. So, in the scriptures, there are scriptures that were given to us for correction. Amen. There are scriptures that are given to us for our learning. For example, many of us have read over. The story of Abraham, Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. Now, that appears in the scriptures that Abraham had a wife called Sarah, but later on he got another wife called Hagar. Amen. But now, what is the significance of such a scripture in the word of God? When I read such a story, what do I understand? What is the message of the spirit? behind such a scripture. Hallelujah. Imagine, Abraham had two ways, but the end of God concerning that, he wasn't pointing to polygamy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because, you know, if I wanted to understand the significance of that scripture in the word of God, I look at the end of the story. Amen. You know, when we speak H, somebody needs to add that he said he's wrong to have two ways. But how come Abraham had two wives? But you now look at the repercussions of that man having two wives. Glory to God. Eh? Not only Abraham, 
Look at the man, the Jacob. Jacob had two wives, Rachel and Leah. And there was a conflict always. Amen. At the end of it all, one woman never served the purpose of God. Hallelujah. We're talking about the application of scripture. So when we come about when we come across such a story, even the man of God Elkanah, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. So what is the mind of God concerning such scriptures when you study the word of God? The spirit of God is never pointing you to become polygamous. <laughs> Amen. But the Bible says that that was given for our landing. Because when you study, if you see the consequences of this man having two wives, and then our God is telling him not to have two wives, but have one. Do you understand this? Amen. We're talking about the application of scripture. So when it appears in the word of God, you may think, yeah, God supports a man to have two wives. But what was the consequence of that experience? When I read such a scripture, God expects me to learn of the consequences because that scripture was given to me for my learning. Hallelujah. That it is not good for a man to have two women. <laughs> Glory to God. Eh? We are talking about the application of what? The scriptures. Because if you came across the word of God and read as it is, you may think, yeah, everything in the word of God is good for me. Uh, for example, when, when you get to the book of uh, all of us have heard of the story of the book of Job. Amen. We've heard of the story of Job. It's a good story. It's a nice story. And some men get in someone from there. But when James was talking about Job, he said that for all of us have heard of the sufferings of Job. And the Bible says, at the end of his life, that God is merciful and pitiful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look, the story of Job was a story of suffering. It was a story of misery. But when the man of God, James, comes to us, he tells us that for all of us have heard of that story, but we have seen the end of God's mind, that it is mercy and what is merciful and what and, and gracious to us all. He compassed Job. Hallelujah. So when I look at the story of Job, I don't preach to a man that God is the cause of sickness. God is the cause of misery. I'm supposed to point to the end of that story that God is merciful and of a tender heart towards you. The application of the word of God. Amen. So, the scripture has been given to us. But how do I tell the application of that scripture? Glory to God. You know, there are many that have come from medicine and families that are polygamous. They've had the experience of what it means to be there. When we wake up in the morning and we see Abraham and Sarah and Hagar, God wasn't even pointing to polygamy, actually. By revelation, God was pointing to the law and to the grace of God. Do you understand this, amen? And Hagar is, is, is the woman that gives part of Ishmael by effort. And Sarah is the woman that gives to a son of promise. You see that? Eh? So it even has nothing to do with me having a co-wife. Are you understanding something? You're talking about the application, the revelation in the scriptures of God. Because if I knew that a man has a wife, why could I go and become a second wife? And I begin praying against maybe a other spirit. That's misinterpretation of the scriptures of God. But what was God pointing to in this scenario? Glory to God, amen. And then I've also read of the story of Esther. 
and Esther, Vashti and Asuras. And then there is a man that can use that story to put away their wife. Amen. But actually, by revelation, God wasn't even pointing to marriage. He was pointing to ministry. That Vashti was absent for ministry. In the kingdom of God, Asuras and Esther was available. Do you understand this? Amen. So, these appear as simple, simple names. But the revelation is what gives us the learning of it. Glory to God. Amen. It says, all scripture is given us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it is from the word doctrine. To be established in the doctrine of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the scriptures are key. The Bible says, they are good for correction. We correct men in the scriptures. We rebuke men in the scriptures. Hallelujah. But much as the scriptures have been given to us, not everyone will understand the scriptures. As the Bible says, some men misinterpret the word of God. I want us to read to the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 29. Acts, Acts chapter, eh, eh, chapter, yeah, Acts chapter, chapter, yeah, 8 verse 29. Acts 8 29. Yeah, verse 29. Now listen, the Bible says that um, the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip prayed there to him and had him read the, the, the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you read? Ask your neighbor, do you understand what you read? What does he say? Does he understand? Now, imagine we have talked about studying the word of God. So this man of God is busy studying the word of God. And Philip comes and asks him, Do you understand the things that you are reading? When a man wants to grow in the word of God, there is a dimension called the dimension of him being taught. Glory to God. Eh? When you want to understand the word of God, there is a place where you are supposed to be taught of a man. This man was studying the word of God, but he could never understand it until Philip came around and he began to teach him this word. Hallelujah. You know, so you could be struggling with understanding the word of God, but you must appoint a teacher for yourself, somebody to guide you in understanding it. Because you can never understand on your own here in this place. When a man has just become born again, that man needs a teacher. And that teacher instructs you in doctrine and in righteousness. Glory to God. Let's, let's continue here. Let's, let's get to the book of, uh, the book of, uh, uh, the book of what? In the book of uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 34. You're talking about Bible interpretation and application of scriptures. So you're talking about Mark 6, 34. Mark 6, 34. He says, And Jesus, when he came out, so much people, and was moved with compassion towards them, because they were ashamed of having a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. Glory to God. So, they needed to be taught. Hallelujah. That is the elementary stage. Every Christian undergoes, when you just become born again, you need a teacher. 
when you don't understand something in the word of God, you need a teacher to guide you in those things. Glory to God. If you are never told by somebody, it will be too hard for you to even understand the simplest things God has given us in the word of God. Look at, look, look at this. Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 says that when Jesus opened his mouth and he began to teach those people. Hallelujah. So, how do I understand the word of God? Sometimes you need somebody to teach you, especially when you've just become born again, or when you've been in fellowship or so long and you don't understand it, you must get somebody with a perfect understanding to teach you the word of God. Glory to God, amen. Look at uh, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Luke 1 to 3. This man called uh, uh, yeah, look at it. First he says, it seemed good to me, having had a perfect understanding of all things. <laughs> Glory to God. There is a man that had a perfect understanding. And this man was appointing a letter that had a teaching grace to, to, what? to, to Theophilus. Why? Because he had a perfect understanding. That's why in your presence you have teachers, for example, in your campus you have your papas, you have your mamas. Why? They give you a perfect understanding of these things. Glory to God. Eh? If a man is never told, the Bible says, such men can twist scriptures their own destruction. Amen. Yeah. Let's, let's get uh, uh, into uh, Second Peter chapter 3, verse 16. It says, it's of unstable men that twist their, the scriptures their own destruction. So Peter. So Peter chapter 3. So he says, and also in all his so speaking in them of these things, which some things are hard to be understood. You know, there are things in the Bible that are too hard for you to understand. Hallelujah. But at the same time, you want to minister the very things that you don't personally understand. You know, like maybe somebody is ministering and you know, this guy is flowing, but you're like, ah, under tribulation. Where is it coming from? <laughs> Amen. You know, a man can get revelation and he can't reconcile it to the word of God. And he may think he is preaching truth. But the Bible says he is twisting the scriptures. Why? Because he has never been taught. Glory to God. You know, if you've not grown in the perfection, and in the understanding of certain things, it is important for you to be taught by somebody. Hallelujah. So the Spirit of God has been given to us as a teacher. But there is a teaching grace God has appointed among men to teach us. So you came across a verse in the Word of God. There is a man that can teach it unto you by revelation. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me show you something. In the book of Second Corinthians, chapter eleven. Second Corinthians eleven. Second Corinthians chapter eleven. From verse three. From verse four, not from verse four. It says that four. Yeah, Second Corinthians eleven. It's, it's first Corinthians eleven. Yeah, first Corinthians chapter. 
Yeah, now look at these scriptures. He says that for every man says for, but I hope that now we are talking about now the place of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In, in revealing things to you. Hallelujah. So here, Paul the Apostle says, but I hope that you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of a woman is a man, and the head of Christ is God. Now look at this. Every man prophesy, go pro- every man pray, go prophesy, having his head covered. This one has his head. And the Bible says, but every woman that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered, dishonors her head, for that is even ordered as if she were shaven. Now look, now this is a portion of the scriptures. Hallelujah. And many times when it was being told, it was told to us to think it's bad for a man to put on a cap, of a man to have long hair. Amen. Offer a man to step on the pulpit having a cap. Glory to God. But remember, here he speaks of the covering. And he says that for every man prophesying, having his head covered, dishonors his head. Now, remember, by the revelation of the Spirit, the head covers the vision. Glory to God. Yeah. So, when, when, when the Bible speaks of the head, it's talking about the vision. And it says, if this man came to teach, or to edify the judge without a vision or without the revelation of the things that he affirms, that man dishonors Christ. Glory to God, amen. Now, let's look, look at this. Let's continue here. But everyone that prays or prophesies with her head uncovered. Now, when he talks about when he speaks about her head uncovered, he is talking about uh, uh, he's talking about the vision in the woman. Glory to God. But remember, much because the head is the vision, and this woman is prophesying, is teaching with her head uncovered. And the head carries a vision. And remember, this man is this man is submitted to a man. So this woman needs to cover her head. She must cover her vision for the vision of the man to manifest. Glory to God, amen. Hallelujah. When he speaks of a woman covering her head, he is not just talking about the place of me having hair as my glory, but he's talking about the woman covering her vision to submit the vision of the man. Do you understand this? So, it becomes wrong for me to come by the scripture to say that, you know what? A, a man must not have what? Hair. Or a man must not put on a hair. The man that this one has got is a man that lacks a vision. A man that lacks a vision has his head covered. And that man ought not to teach. Do you understand this? Glory to God. So when I'm a woman and I'm in church, God tells me to cover my head. What does it mean to cover my head? To cover my visions in my head. And I allow the vision of the man to manifest. Now this is what we call the revelation of the scriptures. Do you understand this? Amen. So God carries us as the place of the scriptures to the place of the teaching grace of the Holy Spirit. He says, I shall appoint you a teacher, John 16, 13, to teach you all truth. In all truth. Now look, continue, he says at home. He says, let, let's look at what he says next year. He says, but for if the woman be not covered, let her also be shown. But if, if it be a shame for a woman to be shown, let her be covered. For a man is able to cover, ought not to cover his head. What does it for? What does it mean for a man to cover his head? It means that that man lacks a vision. Glory to God. 
So he about your course is talking about caps, he's talking about hair, but deeply he's talking about a vision, the revelation. So if I came to teach the word of God without a vision, my head is covered. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I ought not to cover my vision. Now that's the revelation of God in the scripture. Hallelujah. So maybe if you get to enter the church and the man of God was preaching in a cave, in a base, and you call the name Corinthians, Zilevin, and you say, Man of God, you're disobeying the scriptures. Yes, God spoke of caves and hair. And actually, the Bible says that for hair, the covering is the glory of a woman. The covering, the submission. Because you submit your vision under the vision of the man, that's the glory of a woman. Now that's the application of scripture here. It's not just talking about the hair, because you cannot hear, and the hair refuses you, but when you submit it, you can't. <laughs> Hallelujah. So now, that's the application of the scripture. We are told of the Holy Spirit by the revelation. That's the office of the Holy Spirit as a teacher, to guide us in all truth. What was God pointing to by this? Do you understand this? The place of the Holy Spirit as a teacher. So when you prophesy with your head uncovered, she don't have a vision. And the woman must cover their, they must cover their vision and allow the vision of the man to manifest. Glory to God. Amen. So, in the word of God, different things were addressed to different churches. For example, when you read the book of Corinthians, all the apostles speak of sexual immorality in the Corinthian church. But he never addressed that in, in, in the Philippian church. He never addressed the morality in the church at Colossae. Praise the Lord. Now, when I when I read the book of Second Corinthians, there is a verse called the Apostle tells us that if any man feels he burns, let him marry. Now imagine all the apostle gives counsel to the Corinthian church to marry because they are burning. Because they go to a point whereby even a man could sleep with their mother. That was high-level immorality. And all the apostle tells is that, you know what? Let that man do what? If that man burns, let him marry. But by a higher vision, you don't marry because you are burning. You want to cast out the spirit of lust. You marry by purpose. <laughs> do you get this here? Amen? So, when I read the book of Corinthians, some of those questions are not mine. Why? Because me, I'm not burning. Uh, glory to God, amen. Yeah, we are talking about the application of the scripture. So it becomes wrong for me to preach a song, and I tell men that oh, if you feel your body, get someone that married there. You can't marry because you're burning. Hallelujah. God ought to deliver you from the body you marry by the purpose of God. That's the higher truth. Do you understand this? So certain things were addressed in certain churches because certain churches had certain infirmities. When you study the word of God, you must understand why is it that certain things appear in certain books, but they don't appear in certain letters. For example, to the Corinthians, it teaches them giving, but that is not in the book of James. Actually, in the book of James, the Bible says that, you know what, they had wrangles, stripes. Hallelujah. So, because they had wrangles and stripes, James addressed wrangles and stripes. But how come some of those things don't appear in the book of Philippians or in the book of Colossians? Glory to God. So, not everything in the world of God at a particular point was addressed to you. 
Do you understand this? Hallelujah. They are things that appear repeat, repeat, repetitively in every part of the Bible. For example, love, grace, faith, righteousness, they cut across. Those are basic for every Christian to walk in. But there are things that appear in certain letters and they don't appear in the other letters. Glory to God. Why? Because some things were written at a particular point to certain men. For example, let's look at the young man called Timothy. If I call Apocalypse, it's the young man called Timothy. There is something special about Timothy. Let's get to 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 1 to 13. I will learn something here. The application of scripture. You know, we are told that the word of God is interpreted by the Holy Spirit. The revelation of the Spirit. Oh, you can be told of a man. Yeah. Now, we're about the application. Amen. Look, I love, you know, I was, I was meditating this afternoon and this was just in my spirit. First Timothy chapter 5. Now, listen. Remember, Timothy was a younger pastor. Now, listen. Oh, writes a letter to Timothy. The book of Timothy was addressed to a young God. The first pastor of the church at Ephesus, very young. You understand? Now look at what Timothy, what Paul told Timothy, and this doesn't appear in the church at Colossus. It doesn't appear in the Philippian church, but it appears to Timothy personally. He says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the young men as brethren. Verse 2 The older women as mothers, the youngest. Now listen, now Timothy was a young boy, for example, he was 20. And was ordained as a pastor. And in this church he had sisters and brothers. What the apostle was in? The young as sisters. Now, Paul teaches Timothy church discipline. There is a way you address sisters and brothers in church. <laughs> Glory to God, amen. Now, there is a standard we address fellow brothers and sisters. For example, Brother Derek. Amen. Oh, sister Rachel. Oh, oh, brother Isaac. Hallelujah. Oh, sister Kevin. Now, that was being told to Timothy. Purity. Glory to God. Amen. Now, have you ever been to a place and a man is born again? And then he has just become born again. Maybe he has just come from a club. And then the sister comes and says, Hello, sweetheart Matthew. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Amen. And then this thing is triggered in the spirit of this young man. Now that's love of purity. Did you know it's love of purity? You understand? No. You can't sound romantic and full of things and emotions to a brother or sister in church. That's why many people have many funny convictions, but they come because of how they are addressed as Christians. Glory to God, amen. We all know that that can be for your lover. And hallelujah. Are we still here? You see, when, when I meet brothers and sisters, I tell them, hi, brother, praise the Lord, hi, sister, praise the Lord. Glory to God. No, you can't meet a fellow brother or sister, you can't be like, you know what? Hello. You know, you know, you know all those nice, nice words? Eh? Yeah, and you know, that's what birds, personal convictions in many people. Because imagine, man, somebody calling this sweetheart, man. It sounds nice. <laughs> Amen. You know, you know, eh? hello, my honey, Josh. Praise the Lord. You know, and, 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 and then this brother is there, he's still thinking, but the free passport, the free ticket. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now that's lack of purity. 
Now that was told to Timothy. Why? Because in Timothy's church, that was a problem there. You understand this? Listen, if you meet your brothers, even the wife said, My God, that's in my phone book, I put Sister Deborah, Sister Juliet. It's enough. You know? <laughs> Some of those, eh? you can't call a woman of God. I'm telling you, that's purity. You understand? So there is purity in conversation. The conversations you hold with your brothers and sisters in church. Now, if you open your chat box, your inbox, the conversations with your brothers and sisters, and takes place there. So Paul teaches Timothy what we call purity. Now listen to what Timothy is and he says, honor widows that are widows indeed. And if any widow have children or nephews, let them learn first to show piety at home and to repeat their parents for that is good. Now there is verse, 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 uh, verse, uh, uh, verse 9, let not the widow be taken into the number under three scopes years old. And this is six years of age. Why? Because in the church at Ephesus, they were young, young children. Like for example, young girls, and then maybe the girl is 22 years of age and the husband dies. And then, instead of her going to work, she sits in the church waiting for what? Financial support. And she is strong and energetic to go and work. And then God, the apostle, tells Timothy that you know what? For such people, unless they are six years of age, they don't need any support. Why? Because they are still young. They can work for themselves. Do you understand? Now, some of these things were written to specific churches, but you don't take them as a standard for doctrine. Hallelujah. Do you know why Apostle Paul said six years of age? Because at 60, even the woman is out of their periods, almost they come to an end. That's why he says that at such a day, even their bones are weak. They can't work. So let those be considered as widows. But if somebody lost their husband at the age of 25, they can still start a new life. <laughs> Glory to God, amen. Yeah, you know, he gets the Thessalonian church. He meets men that were once thieves and tells them, stop stealing, but work with your hands. Why? Because when they stopped stealing, they came to church. And they began sitting in church. And he tells them, you know what? Now go and work with your hands and sustain somebody else. Glory to God. Now, this is how we understand how to apply the scriptures. Praise the Lord. There are things that I can't teach and preach in the world because they are not a problem in this land. They may be appearing in the Bible, but they are not our problem. I can't teach such. I can't apply such in my life. I'll give you an example. You can't marry because you're burning. What if the, what, what if the last is satisfied after six months? You've had all the pleasures, and now the body has disappeared. So are you going to break up? It's purpose that binds men together. So I can't preach as, that as a dog that if you want to marry and you feel your body, get some that marry. That's wrong. It's for application of the word of God. Hallelujah. So you understand the current state of the church at that time. Why was such a thing written to that church at such a time? Amen. Why not say, for example, why did he write such a letter to the Philippians? But the Philippians, he speaks about giving. Are you hearing this? Amen? Yeah. And then he speaks of people that, you know what, are the orphans. But remember, you can't reach the age of that, the age of that, and you still say, I'm an orphan. You can't. Hallelujah, you can't. Definitely at that time, you've matured. You ought to work for yourself. Do you understand it? 
So literally, God is fighting for the rights of men, men said, below the age of 18, one, they don't have a voice. But I can't be at the age of maybe self-satisfying and I still say I'm poor because I'm a new fan. No. I know there's something here. So when we apply the word of God, when you read the word of God, understand to whom was this written? What was the problem in that church? Glory to God, amen. That's when you can have the perfect judgment of the things you're gonna speak, of the things you're gonna affirm and proclaim to the saints. Glory to God. Look at the book of James chapter 3. James chapter 3, verse 1. James 3. Look at James 3. Look at what James is warning this guy. He says that for, Let not many of us decide to become teachers, knowing this that we teachers are going to receive a stricter judgment. Why? Because the state of the church is upon the teachers. When they give an opportunity to minister, it's beyond that opportunity because there's a place where you can learn and just want an opportunity. But you are not careful of the stability of the state of the church. Because we teachers are going to give a stricter, we shall judge strictly. Why? Because the church is propelled in accordance to what we share. You see, the current state of Miracle Center is on the teacher. The fellowship of the university is this because of the teachers and the pulpit. The fellowship of Pastor Benin is that because of the teacher. Glory to God, I mean, why? Because it is the doctrine and the application of scripture that determines the stability of the church, always. Amen? So it's beyond just an opportunity, you understand, I am determining the stability of my fellowship. I'm determining the stability of my church. Hallelujah. So with that, I think I, I could stop there. And let's, let's work in that. Uh, you must understand that, you know what, you study the word of God, uh, 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 study the word of God by revelation. Allow the Spirit of God to teach you and understand the, the state of the churches at that time. Why? Because some things that were written at that time were written because of the current state of the churches. Hallelujah. But there are things that are standard for everyone. For example, the love of God appears everywhere. Righteousness, grace, faith. That is your portion as a Christian throughout. You must get, get a hold of some of those things. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, I want to invite the man of God colleagues to be on this. Let's approach the man of God. generation. It's for people to rightly 
in that, in that bit of truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If there is anything, you know, we are no longer in the days of ignorance like it was. Uh, right now, the disease we have in our generation is misinterpretation of scriptures. Hallelujah. That's why we have divisions among us as the body of Christ. That's why we have disagreements here and there, simply because we are reading the same book and we are interpreting it differently. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. And because of that, many things have been taught on the altar. This and that, some contradict truth here and there, others have, have scriptures they used to justify the statements they make simply because simply because of that disease church is dividing and in one way or the other we are not having a full experience of the power of God as it, as it is promised in the scriptures Amen. Because the word of God is power. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor the word of God is power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, the end of every interpretation in scripture is that your heart is established in the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. If you dwell on an interpretation and it's not established in the purpose of God. It doesn't matter how appealing it may sound to you. It's not true. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the end of every interpretation, the reason as why you must interpret scriptures rightly is that we may all be established in that purpose of that your heart is established in God's purpose for Sunday life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, there is a scripture in Second Peter. Second Peter. Sorry, it is Second Peter, chapter one, verse twenty. Uh, Peter writes and says, Wherefore? I will not be negligent, negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in that present 
truth and be established in the present truth. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, present truth. Present truth. Present truth. Present truth are the truths after the cross. Praise the Lord. Present truth are the truths that were established after the cross. Hallelujah. So the end of every interpretation must agree with those truths. Because that's what Jesus left us with. So this is what Peter is telling the church. That you might be established in the present truth. In other words, the truths that are current, the truths that are relevant, the truths that are consistent in our days. Not because he's not trying to mean that what was said in the past must disagree or contradict with what is being said currently. But he's saying that when you are interpreting what happened in the past, make sure that the end of that interpretation is in agreement with what is present. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. Present truth. Tell your neighbor, present truth. Hallelujah. So, as I said that present truths are those that were established after the experience of the cross. Hallelujah. In other words, the things that were established. Because when you study scriptures, you, you realize many things that contradict. For example, there are statements Jesus made before the cross that he saved them for the sake of those people. Hallelujah. But then when you agree with what he established after the cross, you realize that in one way or the other, what was established as after the cross is said above what has been established before the cross. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, as Timothy read us the scripture in Second Peter, issues were there uh, in the days of Paul where men twisted scripture to their own destruction. Hallelujah. In other words, he said that to those who are unlearned and unstable, they twist scripture to their own. In other words, the end of their interpretation is instead destruction. For example, there is a man who reads the scripture that says, Where three or more gather in their midst and with them. Zwan reads scripture and he grows up with the mind that God is everywhere. I've met believers and I tell, why don't you come and fellowship? You tell me, but I pray in room. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
and he will get a scripture to justify himself. Praise the Lord. So when you begin esteeming your conviction above the principles in the scriptures, you begin to disagree with present truth. Hallelujah. God has hidden himself in patterns and principles. The way to him is patterns. And the way to access what he has freely given is simply through principles. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Again, in the way we interpret scriptures, one of the things you need to pay attention to is the context. When you study, make sure you give attention to the context. You don't pick one scripture to be like. For example, here in church, we love this scripture. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. But we don't study the whole context. Those men were given. And Paul was celebrating them. Hallelujah. So there is one who will come to church and they encourage themselves that my God shall supply all my needs. And man, you wait, you never see the supplication. Praise the Lord. Why? Simply because you are quoting something out of context. There is a principle that God established there that you need to attend to before you think of applying the scripture. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Ah, uh, have you read things in the scriptures that are contradicted? As you, you've known. Well, me, I have seen those things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have you read scriptures where Jesus came and said, I have come to separate you from your mother, from your father, from your sisters, from your... You've not read such scriptures. Yet in Exodus, he says, Honor your mother and your father. Hallelujah. In our generation, there are people who have disobeyed their parents in the state of me, this is what the Spirit is telling. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Your mom gives you a task and because in the night the Spirit of God appeared here, they was like, spent the whole day praying. You refuse to do what your parents has told you because you had him. Hallelujah. Your mom sends you somewhere, oh, they want you to do something and you disobey simply because Oh, why Jesus? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, that man is esteeming a conviction above principle. Hallelujah. And because of that, that man is being destroyed. 
and maybe he's also destroying those he ministers to. Hallelujah. I've had ministers who be like, you need to honor the anointing. Before I pray for you, you need to source it. Hallelujah. And they will tell you, did you read of Elijah? Did you read of Elijah? They used to honor the prophet. Come with a seed that honors the prophet. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. But then there is another truth in the scripture that says, freely you given, freely. Freely give, you will receive freely, so give it up freely. Hallelujah. Uh, let me show you some of those things. Let's open to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. The Bible says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Hallelujah. And there is another scripture in Romans chapter 14, verse 5. It says, One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each be fully convinced in his own mind. The next verse six. He who observes that day observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe that day, to the Lord he does not observe it. He who eats eats to the Lord, for he give for he gives God thanks, and he who does not eat. To the Lord he does not eat and give, gives God thanks. So in Exodus, that day is acknowledged. But according to Paul, the Lord is the matter. Even Jesus said it to the Pharisees that even on Sabbath I am Lord. So the issue isn't about Sabbath, the issue is about the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we are having a man who refuses to do anything on Sabbath simply because I'm wondering that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So in one way or the other, that man is being destroyed. Because when he reads scripture, there is a contradiction. There is a brother who brought to me a scripture one time. In, is it Deuteronomy that says, Men don't put on clothes for women. Women don't put on clothes for men. He was offended. He went to church and ladies were putting on pants. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So such a man will not pray. 
when he comes to church simply because he felt offended but it is also in scripture and he has a scripture to justify himself hallelujah exodus chapter 21 verse 23 Let's read together. But I'm reading King James. But if any harm follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, band for band, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. If a man strikes the eye of his male or female servant and destroys it, he shall let him go free for the sake of his eye. Praise the Lord. Now, have you read of what Jesus said about that? Matthew chapter, chapter 5, around the verse. Chapter 5 around verse 39. It says, But I tell you not to resist an evil person, but whosoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other, turn the other to him also. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tongue. Let him have your cloak also. Praise the Lord. But the man in Exodus is telling us, an eye for an eye. You hit my eye, I hit, I hit yours. Praise the Lord. You take my tooth out, you give me a blow, I give you one. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus was having these conversations while the Pharisees were listening. Remember the Pharisees held Judaism. Judaism is that teaching of the law. Praise the Lord. They held it. And when Jesus was making some of these statements, they were like, this guy is going against the law. Praise the Lord. Why? Because what they knew concerning the prophets and the judges of the old, Jesus was sounding contrary. They are honoring a Sabbath. Jesus is healing on Sabbath. Hallelujah. But they are having scriptures to justify themselves. Hallelujah. Till that you can see all these scriptures. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 32. Praise the Lord. 
Genesis chapter 32 verse 30. So Jacob called the name of the place Penuel. For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Hallelujah. Jacob is telling us he has seen what? God face to face, and his life is preserved. Praise the Lord. Then John comes in John chapter 1, verse 18. And he says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Praise the Lord. So what did the other guy see? Hallelujah. So when you are unlearned and you see these things, you begin to twist them to your own destruction. Because in one way or the other, I think you've sat in meetings of people who say, the Bible contradicts itself. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So for example, in Genesis, around 17 verse 10, God esteemed circumcision. Let's read it. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and I see after thee. Every man shall among you shall be circumcised. This is God speaking to Abraham. Hallelujah. That every man child among you must be what? Circumcised. Now Paul comes in Galatians chapter 5 and he says, Indeed, I post say to you that if you become circumcised, Christ will not profit, Christ will profit you nothing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But God spoke to Abraham concerning circumcision. Hallelujah. Now when you come, Paul is telling us that among you is telling them that if you become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. It is the same Bible. Hallelujah. But I want us to discuss something powerful. Second Corinthians chapter three. Speaking from around verse twelve. He says, Second Corinthians chapter three, verse twelve, he says, Seeing then that we have such hope. We use great plainness of speech and not as Moses who put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. But their minds were blinded for until this day remains the same veil and taken away in the reading of the Old Testament. Which veil is done away in 
Christ. Then verse 15 he says, But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their hearts. Nevertheless, when it shall nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Hallelujah. So Paul is telling these men that till death, men who read Moses, the very veil remains on their hearts. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Why did Moses veil himself? Because of the glory that was shining on him. But when you study scripture, the Bible says that glory was passing away. That glory used to reduce. That's why after some time he had to go back to the mountain. Hallelujah. So he says that at the reading of Moses, the same veil is taken, is that the same veil remains. Their hearts remain blinded. And now he says that this is only done away in Christ. So it means a man who is reading the Old Testament without understanding Christ is going to twist scripture to his own destruction. Praise the Lord. That's why I told us that present truth or present truth are the in Christ truths. Because Past the Gospels is when conversations of men being in Christ began to come up. Things like we have this treasure in other vessels. Things like if any man be in Christ. Things like you have proven Christ. They all came after that experience. Praise the Lord. So why is it important for you to understand that? So that you may you may have that as a foundation while you are interpreting the man in the Old Testament. Praise the Lord. Because when you go to Jacob's experience with this understanding, you will realize that actually he saw Christ. Praise the Lord. You realize that he is actually having an interpretation of the revelation of Christ. There are many things in the old that are figures. Praise the Lord. For example, places in the Old Testament represented a lot. Hallelujah. The kinds of people, the Persians, the Assyrians, even in revelations they are now talked about but in the old they were just enemies to the israelites but there is something they are representing in the spirit there is such as the spirit of the persians the assyrian spirit when you started the book of revelations it's there praise the lord hallelujah they are spirits of division Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So a man who studies the old without understanding the new will be like, okay, these days we are just enemies. Hallelujah. 
For example, the brook of Kindred. It was a brook where in the days of Israel they used to dump their rotten things. Whatever they slaughter the wastes are put there. When you die and they don't have where to bury you, they take you there. When animals die because of diseases, they are thrown there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So when you're studying the book of 2 Samuel, Samuel, uh, King David, King David had an issue with one of his sons. Was he called at Adwat? The guy who wanted to be king. Absalom. Praise the Lord. That guy had convinced everyone, because remember the Bible says he used to stand at the gate of the father's parish. So men who came in, they saw him as a good guy. So when his father was about to pass on to, Sol to Solomon, Absalom, that guy comes up. And he convinces every man, and he has he had convinced the army, and he rose against his father and everyone who disagreed with him. And they had to flee, and they reached a moment of passing through that valley. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So that valley, when you study scripture, that valley represents something. So when David is talking about the valley of the shadow of death, he is speaking about that. Praise the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord Jesus. There are many things in the scriptures. For example, the first time certain words are mentioned. For example, the word grace. When you study Genesis chapter 6, around verse 7 or 8, that says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When you study that without understanding, without understanding the New Testament, you will never know how to find grace. You'll be like, eh, I think this guy was just favored. Praise the Lord. But when I go there with an, with an understanding of the New Testament, I will, I will realize that the only way I can access grace is to keep my eyes stayed on Christ. Because grace is in His eyes. Praise the Lord. You see, the way God envisions the world is through Christ. Hallelujah. Christ has become the eyes of the Father to the world. The way Jesus sees you is the way the Father sees you. Praise the Lord. So if you can understand how Christ sees you, Christ will begin working in you automatically. The ability of God will become evident in you. But there is a man who will be like, those guys had sinned, Noah was righteous, okay. He was accepted, unmelted favor, praise the Lord. But there is a lot that is deep there. 
that you might not fully awaken to. Why? Because it is simply in figures. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So events, places, encounters that you study in the scriptures, they represent something. I'm trying to wrap up this. Numbers, they represent something. Number seven, there's a reason as why it took God to create the, 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 the world in six days and on the seventh day he what? He rested. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It represents something. But if it comes to you by revelation, you will understand how to access rest in God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You will understand where God is now. When you come and read scriptures like you have entered into his rest, that number will make a lot of meaning to you. For example, there is a reason as why Jesus had 12 disciples. 12 represents something. Hallelujah. It was after the same pattern because even in the old, the tribes of Israel were 12. Jacob had 12 sons. Praise the Lord. Me, my favorite number is number 8. I encountered an illumination in it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You need it, you will come. So that you join me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So, even you, if you were there in the days of the Pharisees, you would disagree with Christ. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I think some of you, if it was our generation, you could get up your WhatsApp and you post it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. People are coming up with things on social media. When I spend there just five minutes, I can laugh at me. Praise the Lord. They just read something and you're like, okay. How did this how do people think out these things? That's the wisdom of the world coming up with things to make us busy, laughing. Don't be taken up by those things by now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So unstability is when you are not yet delivered from the mind of the world. Praise the Lord. Because the world is in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, of the eyes, and the pleasure of. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So when a man is not yet delivered from those things, they will use scripture to their own destruction. Why? Because. In them there is no purpose of God. Hallelujah. When you judge the last of the eyes, it does the end of it is not the purpose of God. Praise the Lord. So unstability is when a man is still established in that. You know, saints, there is nothing powerful like having 
reality for here the unagreed to the spirit of truth it can't be implanted just but it can be encountered it can be you can grow to that place it doesn't mean you need to know everything that is in scripture but the ability to hear something and sense familiarity in it praise the lord hallelujah for example as a fellowship someone can come up we are praying he raises his voice up, begins to speak in other tongues. He turns around, what, what? He says there are three people here. Yesterday you slept around with a girl, and indeed you are there, you did. You're like, ah, guy is talking about me. He continues, he continues. This is what the Lord is saying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the whole fellowship is there. God is speaking. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. So if you've not learned the sound of truth, you will agree and you will all get on your knees. Why? Because he is speaking what is happening in your life. But you remember that very thing used to follow Paul. There is a lady who used to follow Paul and tell those the people who are around him that he is a man of God. He is speaking the word of God. Praise the Lord. But Paul was disturbed because when he discerned the sound behind the voice of that lady, he sensed something familiar. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says after that he turned and cast out the spirit. Praise the Lord Jesus. But do you know how many lives are, are, are destroyed by that? Do you know how many lives have many people have walked out of relationships? Many people have walked into relationships. Many people have walked out of the purpose of God simply because of that. Hallelujah. If there is anything I thank God for personally, is that at least I can discern. Praise the Lord. When you can't discern the spirit of truth, anything can. Why? Because the devil camouflages as an angel of light. He won't come and speak the way you expect him to speak. He simply twists scripture. Praise the Lord. It's an error. You know Paul talks about the error of Eve. When he was deceived. Praise the Lord. Why? Because the devil was able to twist.
scripture to his own destruction. Hallelujah. So, interpretation of scripture. My God, my time. Interpretation of scripture, as I told you that. Uh, You can look at the emphasis that is laid. For example, the scriptures that you read, uh, there is a statement Jesus loved to use it when he said, when he used to say, "Very, very." It means assuredly. He was assured. Hallelujah. So, when he was studying that truth, it is an assurance that Jesus was laying. Praise the Lord. It's an assurance. So the way you attend to it, you attend to it as an assurance. Praise the Lord. There are things that Paul mentioned to his sons, Titus and, and, uh, and, 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 and Timothy. He called them faithful saints. He said some are worthy of all acceptance and others he said this is pleasing and good before God. So, as you study scripture, you need to understand which is the faithful saying. So the way you take it to it also matters. Hallelujah. And as I finish, one of the most important things believers is to remain broken to learn. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor brokenness. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. To have that brokenness in you. Me colleagues, I like it when a man comes and they're like, let's divide this. Then quoting me out of context. Praise the Lord. He said this. Come and you show me scripture. And I show you scripture. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's the best way we must interpret truth. Praise the Lord. That as the Spirit of God guides you. Because of course, uh, it's also in interpreting scripture you need to understand the times by which the men who spoke were in. You need to understand the seasons because that will also help you. Hallelujah. Because the reason as to why the, the Pharisees disagreed with Christ because he, he, were, he was sounding things that they felt were not relevant in their season and in their time according to how they had learned. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know, even after Jesus left, a few things remained among his disciples. And Paul in Galatians chapter 1 speaks of how he went up 15 days and he was with those of Peter and James and John. And he says what kind of days they were when you read the message version. Hallelujah. Why? Because he was busy there. He was busy telling them about the circumcision 
by faith. And as they sat down and they agreed on many things, they later commissioned him. When they agreed and they prayed together, they later sent forth Paul and Barnabas. Why? They sat together for 15 days and they were divided through. Hallelujah. The Bible speaks about a workman who is equipped rightly dividing the word of truth. That is also important. How you divide truth. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Dividing truth is a dark breaking of bread. How you break bread. So that you may not sound contrary to that spirit of truth. You need to understand which things come first and which things come after. As I told us that the, the scriptures or God has seated himself in principles and patterns. There are things that come first. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There are people who are paying, for example, there are people who are paying attention to confession. But they don't understand that the spirit of faith is in you first believing. The Bible says by the same spirit of faith we have believed, therefore we speak. There are men who are enjoying to speak. I am my head and not a tail. Glory to God. I cannot get sick and they get sick. Hallelujah. Why? They are confessing to believe, but they have not positioned their hearts to firstly cultivate the place in them that agrees with that testimony. Then they speak what they affirm in them. Hallelujah. Confession is important. But there is an order, there is something that comes first. So even in the interpretation, as you grow, as you interpret your life in the scriptures, understand what comes first. Praise the Lord. Because that's what positions you for the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to stop there because I, I cannot just say that our time is past better. But God bless you. ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがとうございます。ありがと
Yeah, so the foundation of apostles and prophets refers to apostles, the New Testament, and prophets, symbolic of the Old Testament. But in all of them, the Bible says Christ Jesus as the chief cornerstone. So you can see Christ the Old Testament. You don't excommunicate the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So when you understand the ministry of Jesus Christ the New Testament, you're able to judge everything in the Old Testament. That's why even as we are teaching, we quote the Old Testament. Hallelujah. So it's just a revelation, a cup of revelation. Amen. Then the next one he says. There is something, there is a question he says that when we give our lives to Christ, does God see as people who see no longer both? He says, does God see us as people who see no longer, even when we see? Here the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. Because your salvation is eternal. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ was the ultimate adoption for your sins of God and never impute your sins on you. That's in Romans chapter 4. God doesn't impute your trespasses on you. He sees you as the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. That's faith. Hallelujah. Yeah. So uh, our, our next... Uh, that person who has asked that question, eh? uh, I think their issue is uh, then if I am sinning, yet I call myself the righteousness of God. You know, you cannot understand that and you continue sinning. Hallelujah. Righteousness exalts a nation. Praise the Lord. You are a nation unto God, and when you grow in understanding, the righteousness of God by faith. You won't remember when you stop lying. Sinning will automatically leave. Because righteousness is what helps you relate with God as you ought to. Yeah, then uh, the last one, this person was asking me is that from? I do not drink water only. That's first of all, the effect 23. I've talked about it. But take a little wine to help your digestion since. You are sick so often. You are sick so often. Amen. Yeah, for example, the Bible says that Luke was a doctor. And some men say, Jesus had a doctor. But never treated Jesus. That was his profession. Hallelujah. So you don't based on that to qualify his sickness for a believer. That if Luke had a personal doctor, who are you? Amen. So Jesus, that was his profession. He was called Dr. Luke. Just like you, and in Jesus, all that year, you say, Timothy the beginning was part of the disciples of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's why you study the word of God by the revelation of the word, that Holy Spirit. Let's get to our feet. Yeah, then this very person is here after about the book of Timothy. And then we get out of this place. Yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, so I think from the start of uh, the service that we have covered many wonderful topics. We have talked about the voice of God, we talked about submission, we talked about ministry and service, we talked about things like uh, the love of God, the Holy Spirit, we talked about things like uh, memory interpretation, and things like prayer, things like fasting. If you be consistent in this class, man, you can qualify for maturity in the Spirit. Hallelujah. I think the only topic that you have not touched is the principles of divine provision. Those are financial principles. And that can be probably our next. After that, 
Father, Jesus Christ, in the love of God, that lives with the Holy Spirit, is with us all, now and forever all. Amen. So, say hi to your neighbor. Think of their name. Amen. Yeah, think of their name. Welcome them for today's fellowship. The glory of God. Tell them we are here tonight. And the Lord is going to do us good. In Jesus' mighty name. Yeah. So thank you for coming. May God bless you. Don't forget today's the heavy lights. Ministering. Yeah, they are attendance. This please reward them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ.